Good morning. My name is Jim Eaton, and I'm the youth pastor here at First Covenant Church. And I'm excited to be with you today. This is my first opportunity to preach here at First Covenant. And uh, so I'm excited to journey into God's Word together this morning. <coughs> Excuse me, I've had a cold this week, and it decided Sunday morning when I'm preaching is a good time to come out. <laughs> uh, a few weeks ago, Pastor Doug preached on John 15, which is the passage we're using today. And in that sermon, he shared that disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus, will abide in him by spending time in the word, in prayer, in worship, in fellowship, among many other things. And today, we want to use the same passage and head in a direction that that will hopefully help us bust out of our prayer ruts. As we think about being on Labor Day Sunday, a kind of a transition Sunday between summer and fall, uh, between, uh, you know, the freedom of no school uh, and no, you know, lots of just time to do what we want to do with to a time where things are more scheduled and more rhythmed. And so uh, often this is a good time to sit back and go, huh, maybe I need to hit the reset button. And so I want to talk about doing that in our prayer life today. So this morning I'd like to share some common prayer ruts that you may have experienced. I know I have. Uh, We'll look at John 15, and then uh, I'll share some examples at the end of how to pray Scripture and what that looks like so you walk away with a tangible uh, tool in your tool belt. Uh, When I was a kid, my uh, mom asked for prayer for my grandma. My grandma was old, and of course if you're a kid, your grandma's old no matter what, right? And so, I, you know, she, but, but my grandma was old. She was in her 70s. And uh, my mom asked for prayer because my grandma had some, wasn't feeling so good. And she had some, what's so funny? <laughs> ah, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, she was in her 70s. Yes. But, you know, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My grandma was real young. How about this? She wasn't old. She was sick. How about that? Is that worse? (laughs) All right, I'm going to come back out and start over. So anyway, my mom asked for prayer. And uh, so I began to pray uh, for my grandma. I developed a rhythm of prayer. uh, or Actually, I developed my own rut. I would pray the same thing every day or actually every night before I went to bed. I would pray three things. I would pray, God, thanks for this day. Help me to have a good night's sleep. And help my grandma, who's not old, to uh, get better uh, and, and to find healing. And so I began to pray that prayer every night before I went to bed, as I said, day in or, or over a year. And uh, what, what happened, though, is that even though I was praying that same prayer, and that sounds great, praying for grandma, that's awesome. But my, it just became mechanical for me. It became disconnected from my heart. My, uh, it just, my mind was not in the right place with that. It was just words coming out of my mouth. Almost like something I needed to do to even fall asleep. And so one day, my mom was on the phone with with a friend, and I overheard her conversation. And she said in that conversation, Grandma's feeling better today. And in that moment, I was like, no way. Prayer works. This is awesome. And and in that moment, it was very significant in my life to go, wow, prayer really does work. It's one of those moments where I learned something about God and and that God is real and that God is active. Uh, But it broke me out of my rut. And and what I realized in that moment then is that I didn't have anything to pray for. Because that night I could pray, God, thanks for a great day. Help me have a good night's sleep. But but Grandma was feeling better. Grandma was healed. I didn't have anything else to pray for. My heart was not connected to God and what what else was going on in my life. 
So that was a prayer rut that I was in, routine prayer. Maybe you've experienced that like at the dinner table. Maybe uh, you have a prayer that you pray as a family that uh, is a routine thing. Uh, same prayer all the time. And, and that might not be a bad thing, but if your heart is not connected to that and it's just words coming out of your mouth, then maybe that's a rut that you're stuck in. You know, maybe you've used a prayer like this is your, at your family dinner table. Rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, yay God, let's eat. I, I've not used that. Okay, maybe I have, but, um, but not on a regular basis. <laughs> maybe a prayer rut that you have been stuck in is only going to God when you need something from God, like a deal-making situation where you say, God, I'll do this if you do this. Or you say, God, God, if you do this, I'll never do this again. Or maybe you go to God when you uh, are, are stuck in a, in a bad situation and, and And hear me, God wants our prayers. God wants us to call out to him when we're in a tough situation, when we need to be saved, we need to be rescued. But when we only go to God in those moments, and we only spend time in prayer in those moments, that might be a rut that isn't so good. Maybe with all of the busyness of of life, you've gotten into a rut of not praying. uh, With school starting and kids' sports activities and everything else kicking off and getting rolling, maybe you're in a spot where... Prayer is not the first thing on your mind. Or maybe you're in a rut where you like to keep your prayer light and fluffy, keeping it, you know, nice and in the clouds for God, not really letting God know what's really going on in your heart, not letting him know the pain and the anguish that you're actually going through, but just letting him in on the happy-go-lucky things of life. There's probably a ton of other ruts we could, we could talk about today, and you may have experienced some different ones in your life. But those are the ones that, that came to the forefront of my mind, and I know I've experienced at least some of them, if not all. And there are, whatever rut you're in, it, it simply takes a change to bust out of that rut. Uh, and, and there's a lot of different things you could do to break out of your prayer rut. A Google search will turn up probably millions or billions of hits on different ways to pray. And so today, I want to take us in a direction that focuses on one tool that we can put in our tool belt so that when we leave uh, here today, we can have uh, another way, a specific way to help us break out of our prayer ruts and deepen our abiding relationship with Jesus. And that is the practice of weaving scripture and our time in God's word with our prayer life. So we're actually going to use scripture as prayer to God. If we look at uh, John 15, verses 5 through 8, which was read earlier, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you remain in me, And my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. We abide in relationship in Jesus, or with Jesus through prayer. And we abide in relationship with Jesus by immersing ourselves in Scripture, by His words remaining in us. Joshua 1.8 says, Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. That word meditate is the idea of chewing on it, sitting with it, letting it soak in. 
Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. And if we believe that, that God's word is living and active, and, and I believe it is, then wouldn't we want to, to immerse ourselves in Scripture, to, to let it wash over us, to bathe ourselves in God's word? Praying Scripture, those two things together, helps us climb into the text and helps us open our hearts to the transforming word of God. I don't know if you've thought about climbing into the text, but it's the idea of just immersing yourself in it and letting it wrap around you. Now, praying scripture is not about efficiency. Praying scripture is not about taking your prayer life and your time in God's word, smashing them together so that you can get it done faster, get to Starbucks on time before work. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is putting these things together weaving them together to help us deepen our relationship with Jesus, to help us abide in him and connect our heart to his. In verse 7, Jesus said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you or abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is not a magical formula so that if we pray, we automatically get what we want. No, instead, it's an invitation to a relationship with Jesus that is so tight that our hearts become aligned with his heart. It's like taking two pieces of paper, <coughs> excuse me, getting some rubber cement and pasting them together, letting it dry overnight, and then in the morning, coming back to that and trying to pull them apart. You can't do it. You won't end up with two pieces of paper that look the same. You put these two pieces of paper and, and glue them together and you're trying to pull them apart. They're going to rip and tear and it's, it's not going to be a fun task. And that's because they have become one. They're together now. It's as if our heart and Jesus' heart are the same heart. We receive a new heart in relationship with Jesus. He's, Jesus said he is the vine and we are the branches. A branch is connected tightly to the vine. And branches get their life from the vine. And it is because of the life from the vine that the branch can bear any fruit. As followers of Jesus, we are branches. And we are connected to the vine who is Jesus, who gives us life. And that life that Jesus gives us is what produces fruit in us. Praying scripture is one practice that helps us to deepen our connection with Jesus so that we can be incredible producers of fruits to the glory of God. Commentator Gary Burge wrote in the NIV application commentary on the, on the Gospel of John, he said this, he said, Fruitfulness will be the inevitable outcome of an interior spiritual life with Jesus. Fruitfulness will be the outcome, the inevitable outcome of an interior spiritual life with Jesus. What kind of fruit are you producing? And the fruit here that Jesus is talking about um, is sim similar to what Paul lists in Galatians 5. The fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the things that come out of us when we have an abiding relationship with Jesus. Gary Burge continues, Keeping Jesus' word is how we demonstrate love for him. Those whose lives are so in harmony with Jesus will find their prayers controlled by his word and such prayers will be answered and bringing added glory to God. I love how he says that. Those whose lives are so in harmony with Jesus will find their prayers controlled by his word. And that's the idea of those two 
pieces of paper being glued together. Our hearts are glued to Christ's heart. We become uh, one. We be, our heart reflects God's heart, and he gives us what to pray. He gives us uh, what he wants us to be thinking on and dwelling on. When we pray scripture, we strengthen that connection to Jesus. We deepen that abiding relationship with him. So when we pray, our hearts are already praying what's on his heart. That's why he can say, Jesus can say, whatever you pray for, it will be done for you. Because we're already praying what's on his heart. We're already connected. So how do we pray scripture practically? What does this look like for us? Pastor Rick Warren says that to pray scripture, you simply put whatever passage you're studying into first person and pray it back to God. He's saying that you may need to change some pronouns, but that's okay. You're not changing the meaning of Scripture. You're not changing Scripture. You're simply putting the passage into first person and reflecting God's Word back to Him. Pastor John Piper describes it in a similar way. Praying the Word means reading or reciting, if you have it memorized, Scripture in a spirit of prayer and letting the meaning of the verses become our prayer and inspire our thoughts. So I'd like to give you a few examples of turning scripture into prayer, starting with Psalm 23, which is a wonderful psalm that talks about God leading us uh, by green pastures and still waters. It's kind of a a psalm we often use in worship uh, as we think about connecting with God and him filling our soul. So here's how uh, turning Psalm 23 might read as a prayer. Thank you, Lord, for being my shepherd. Thank you. For making me lie down in green pastures. Thank you for leading me beside quiet waters. Thank you for restoring my soul. Thank you for guiding me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Amen. Psalms are a great place to start if you need a starting place uh, in scripture. Because there are already songs written to God. Many in first person that you don't even have to change anything in or, or, or switch the tensing in. Another prayer is, is type of prayer would be a prayer of glorification, a prayer that glorifies God uh, using Lamentations 3, verses 22 and 23. And this prayer comes in the context of a chapter where the author is in extreme anguish and just crying out and things are not going well. But in the midst of that, the author of Lamentation, Lamentation says this to God. What a great prayer this is. It says, Lord, your steadfast love never ceases. Your mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. Amen. What a great way to connect our hearts to God by praising him and glorifying him. And this third passage, this last passage, is Romans 8, 38 and 39. And this is a passage uh, that talks about our assurance of salvation. I've used this passage and prayed this passage many times in my own life when I've been tempted and the enemies put lies in my way to try and trip me up. And I have to remind myself that uh, I'm bought by the blood of the lamb, right? And so here's Romans 8, 38 and 39 as a prayer. God, you are a good God. And I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, can separate me from your love, O God, that is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Thank you for loving me. 
and hanging on to me no matter what. In your name, amen. So those are three examples that you might be able to use in your life. And praying scripture is a great way to bust out of a prayer rut, any prayer rut you find yourself in. The great thing is that scripture is an unlimited resource of things to pray, right? If you ever wonder, like, what should I pray? Just use scripture because it's an unlimited resource and we can pray it over and over and over again. It's God's word. And as Hebrews 4.12 said, it's living and it's active. I want to invite you to try this this week. On our church Facebook page, I'm going to post verses, uh, a verse or a few verses each day this week, each morning, for you to try praying. And so I invite you to give it a shot and see what happens. And we're going to have communion in a few minutes. And during communion, uh, there's going to be some verses on the screen uh, as we are uh, celebrating communion. And so I encourage you uh, during your time of reflection today to even use those verses uh, as a way to pray today. When we pray scripture, the results are incredible. We draw closer to Jesus and we deepen our relationship with him. Our hearts are transformed and we are given Jesus's heart. And our prayers become effective because we pray what's already on Jesus's heart. The most common section of scripture that we, kind of the worldwide corporate church, use for prayer is, of course, the Lord's Prayer from Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. And so I invite you to pray with me as Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. In addition to teaching the disciples how to pray, Jesus taught them to remember him his love for them, and his saving act, which was about to take place on the cross. He invited them and he invites us to his table of remembrance where we commune with him and where we are reminded of his work on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And so I invite you, the body of Christ, to deepen your relationship with Jesus through prayer and confession this morning as we celebrate the Lord's Supper together.